0: It takes two people to start a movement, the the, the the lone outsider and the thirst follower. But you've got to be vulnerable to be that first or second person, mm. and in order to effect change, that requires you to be willing to put your head above the parapet or to, you know, put a cycling metaphor on it: go in the brake and you know and push yourself really hard. You know, risk a puncture, risk you know you uh, know mechanical like these things, and that yeah, it, it requires that yeah that vulnerability and. Being, being open to that.
1: Welcome to Statements of Intent. In this 20-minute episode, we're addressing how e-commerce has lost sight of the people at its very heart. You, the customer. It's a chat that's optimistic, it's casual, it's probably slightly ranty in places, but that's okay. But it's a place where I talk to senior e-commerce marketers and share their statement of how they're looking to change the status quo. Of e-commerce, adding more care, be more considerate to those very people that they're selling to the customer. I'm your host, David Mannheim, the founder of Major of Intent, and we're gonna jump right into it. Have fun. Hello everyone, and welcome to Statements of Intent, the I don't I think it's weekly or bi-weekly podcast, maybe monthly. Lib will tell me off for that, where we talk about all things e-commerce, specifically. Going against the status quo of e-commerce, I could think of no better person to speak to than Mr. Cynical himself, <laughs> Mr. Nick Fletcher. How are you doing, Nick? I'm so I'm sorry. very well,
0: Mr. It's all right. It's all right. I've been called worse at times, so right, it's all good. <laughs>
1: well, Nick, you're, you're head of digital experience at Rafa. You've been there for seven or eight years now?
0: Yeah, I'll be eight years at the end of the next month, so quite a while.
1: Congratulations. Did How you... are you feeling?
0: Yeah, it's good. It's been there. Uh, it's always a fun ride. We, uh, sorry, that's probably not going to be the last of the site puns today. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, oh, wow. I'm very fortunate to work doing things that I've done my whole career in the digital space and also to combine that with a passion. Um, it's, uh, you know, when you've got that, it's, it makes it so much easier when you've got those harder battles and uh, tougher hills to climb.
1: Well, I can, Im- I get another pun. Uh, I
0: can
1: can imagine that you are just so much more involved in your work when you actually genuinely care about it I suppose you know you're both a user and a practitioner.
0: Uh, Yeah I think there's also uh, sometimes a bit of a danger that you you always have a customer and shopper bias that it's you right and as a brand we've grown over the over the years you know it's a a much more, I say, inclusive uh, approach. You know, we've got some incredible products for a much broader range of cyclists, and you know, we we talk about the idea of living life by bike, and that's a really good way to sort of step back from how I might want to live life by bike, and how we can use that passion to give people their experience of life by bike on their terms, mm. but enabled by what we what we do in the products that we make for them.
1: Lovely. Do you feel as though by having such a passion, uh, as, uh, as, as a user and both as a practitioner that you almost hold yourself or indeed your brand or indeed your work to a really high, high stance? I wonder, is that a very subconscious, deep therapeutic question for a podcast?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think there's a, you know, it's part of the moral fiber perhaps when you've got the, you know, we close the office three times a year to go riding. Um, we don't do it in the winter, but also all three other seasons we'll have at least one office ride a quarter. And, um, you know, that, yeah, it feels like a part of the, you know, we, I joke sometimes that we, we bleed Hive is pink, which is one of our brand colors. Um, and that's what's, that's part of the fuel that helps us, uh, to think about it and really push ourselves really hard.
1: Yeah. That's really, really nice. I like that. Well, you know, when we're talking about e-commerce and putting ourselves to a high standard. Your statement of intent today is progress over perfection, mm. which I think is a lovely line in that it's alliterative. But could you could you maybe explain, elaborate on it? What does
0: that mean? Sure. To you? I think sometimes it can, it can appear to be that we're only interested in the short term, and that's so to go to the, the, the worst interpretation of that, it could be that you're only worrying about the short term. But I think it's about that. I think purpose comes to help anchor that. Is that? We know that the needs of our visitors, shoppers, customers, the term we use them them, uh, you know, that's going to evolve faster than we can respond necessarily. So to say what is the perfect thing or the perfect piece, it's only a snapshot in time. So sometimes it has to be the thing over the horizon that you're riding towards. Mm. And it's about continually making that progress. You know, the Tour de France or the Giro d'Italia or the Vuelta, it's a 21-day stage race and it's mm. You can't always win it on one day, but you can almost certainly lose a 21 day uh, grand cycling tour. And so you've got to have that tenacity to keep going and to think we're just going to keep going because in, in some ways, maybe it's a compound interest mindset as opposed to a sort of pops and drops kind of mindset, but you know. If we're a long, you know, if we think around long-term customer value as well, which, so CRM sits as part of my world, there's that nurturing, there's that, that nudging, that, you know, exhilarating, you know, finding the right moments, knowing that it's for the, lo- the slightly longer term. You have to keep, mm. you know, people hold you to that bar as a customer and you have to make sure that you're moving continuously and that, yes, nothing will be, you know, there will be some times where you have to execute with perfection. be clear that's not saying there's no perfection it's just that find that level of making that change and keeping change keeping that change moving and being able to respond that's that's perhaps more important than any particular output and i think that's the bit that i'd probably summarize it's like that real outcome mindset Mm. knowing the direction of travel and making sure you're still true to it but but not letting yourself get held up along the way on on that journey your legs have to keep spinning to ride the bike at the end of the day number three is it That's four actually?
1: <laughs> is it instead of being over perfection, is it more of a balance between the two? So is it progress and perfection, as uh, or progress opposed to perfection?
0: Yeah, I don't think it, they're mutually exclusive. I, I mm. definitely don't think so. it's like progress, knowing that vision of where you want to be and holding that true. It's about keeping that just as. Yeah, keep staying true to that, and making the progress is just as important as. Um, yeah, it's not they're not mutually exclusive for sure.
1: And when you talk about compound interest,ing obviously my head immediately goes as a Manchester United fan goes to Sir David Brailsford, to the old one percent. Um, yeah, I'm aware he did quite a few things for cycling, but for me now it's just myopically focused on on Ineos and Manchester <laughs> United. And when you look at compound interest,ing it feels as though. You need some kind of measurement protocol to understand that you're going in the right direction, mm. because perfection has usually a key metric, a standardized, homogenized, global metric. To maybe say, even a
0: lagging indicator as well. That's the other thing. Mm. as Well, is that you, you, you. It's a bit like I'm going to conversion rate is super important, but you know, if if we are, if the goal of a let's say we've got a jersey on our website, the goal is to attract people to, to know about that Jersey, step one, then there's, well, do they add it to basket and you've got those leading indicators. And so to your point, it's like, are we moving the leading indicators while still staying true to that conversion rate? Does it, you know, cause at the end of the day, I think we've spoken about this before, uh, it's a bit of a thick system. You apply pressure somewhere else, somewhere, you know, so you drive a load of traffic to a product page. You might see a drop in add to batch. you've not done something right Like it's, it, there's so many variables you've just got to keep tweaking and responding and kind of like evolving your mindset and your approach and things like that and that's why i think the uh the compound interest piece just really helps you thinking like okay what did we learn and then we you know you can sort of bank the learning stack that up make, does it still hold true keep moving and you know you start to make progress towards i'm going to say some a success metric of some sorts not mm. Well, you know that'll nearly always be conversion rate and revenue. At the end of the day, we are businesses, at end, but of course,
1: you that
0: it. that leading in that leading indicator and figuring out the right sort of okay, why are we really successful? Is it essentially people who viewed that product who added a bag to get into the real nitty gritty? Is that our truest sort of yeah? We 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 managed we we hit that one out of the park, or in this case, we didn't, and it's it requires a I think that that double edged sword of like long long and lagging indicators and short and immediate indicators in combination to really help you drive some progress
1: in combination you're right the balance between the two and we we've obviously spoken loads of times before but the you spoke to me last time about an acronym that rafa uses Mm. to like attract convert and retain customers what was that acronym
0: yeah so this i think this stems down to the mindset that we try to bring into digital actually which is it uses the um, the acronym we use in our retail stores or clubhouses called "clip in," which is cycling mention number five, um, and the key one for me was the "n" at the end stands for next time, and I think that's something that sometimes gets lost in the the cold clinical nature of working from screen, you know, doing stuff on a screen and it being then populated to a low, you know, tens of thousands of other screens, coldly and clinically. It's it's, um, you know, it's like, it's a bit like a window shopper. If you came into a physical store, you adjust your approach based on how you can read the shopper mm. and what they say to you, the sub, the, the subconscious cue, someone might be picking up a jersey. They might pick up two jerseys and they'll be like, mm. you can, you'd know which one they're preferring because they're probably interrogating or auditioning the material they're playing with the zipper there, you know, but they're not going, I like this jersey right now. And yet we have this kind of bluntness or this, I don't know sometimes a little naive around the, the idea that we we're the only tab that someone has open and in reality, yeah. they've got three other tabs, three other jerseys from us, you know, two pairs of bibs from a competitor, plus Google shopping, like it's much more nuanced than perhaps we assume sometimes. And that, I think the, the retail analogy, uh, I use that quite heavily. In fact, we have a, we call that an experience framework, which is basically jobs to be done-esque kind of goals for each of the key steps of a shopping journey. Now they happen to be tied to pages, uh, in, in some cases, in some cases, they're probably, you know, we, we try to isolate them from the page, but they are the jobs to be done when of a shoppers mindset. And we provide real life examples of what that probably looks and feels like in a clubhouse, So if there's a team that maybe isn't as used to thinking about digital as being a customer facing team, they can go, oh, I understand why this is so Mm. a product page it sets up that expectation of how that product feels when you receive a hoodie, a jersey or whatever, and you put it on for the first time. And so you have to, you know, knowing that someone's going to, their expectation of how that feels is going to be set on a totally different page or a totally different step of the buying journey is super, you know, people find that super uh, useful because it means that you've got to layer on different things in your assets or your copy or your fit. You know, selling Lycra is is quite challenging because it's a, you know, a compressive fabric. And so, um, yeah, we've gone from kind of high level theory down to materials, but, uh, you know, that's the, the job, that's the job that the people hire our website to do arguably, and that's how we think about it and use some of those retail analogies because I think, yeah, we've lost a little bit of, it is just, I I sometimes joke that we do e-retailing, not e-commerce and that's a deliberate provocation perhaps. Uh, to try and encourage people to think around well how do we know this is working in the real world and what's mm. the how would we might does does that does that matter in in the digital uh, sphere
1: i find like um when i founded my conversion rate optimization consultancy i used to sit in workshops one of the most common phrases in workshops with clients used to be what it, would it be like in the real world you know like with boots remember when we were going through a navigation redesign with them it was it was a case of everybody was thinking using acronyms like information architecture, you know, trying to look at multifaceted navigation, these terms that we've just invented ourselves. Yep. But it only takes somebody to say, well, what's it like in a store? Like, can we try? And I feel like that's the most foundational, human, common sense, aligned way of looking at things. Yet it feels like we've lost that. How do how do Rafa try and Try and combine those two, the in store experience and the e retail experience?
0: Oh, um, it's really interesting because so much of our business is digital. So, you know, over um, three quarters of it, basically. And so we're kind of the opposite of many retailers in the UK who might have you know, 100 stores and an e commerce site. I think that's just uh, starting to think about it as a, Experience not as a channel, if that makes sense. You know, we are we're in. We have twenty three stores around the world, or clubhouses as we call them, and we, we we you know we now start merchandising them. Similarly, you know, when there's um, that sounds probably a little bit more basic than it is, but like for you know, for the longest time, again, that progress piece is like, okay, what are we naming things? What's the naming you know uh, in the stores that we're using? So we're using. Uh, I think it was the end of 22, Time is, is a blur at the moment, um, but uh, you know, the name you know, road riding, road and gravel. Um, sorry, um, racing or pro team, as we call it, uh, trail or MTB. Like we were using all these different terms, sort of so, almost interchangeably. And actually, you know, my my role was like, let's just standardize this because it's not IA. It is IA, but it's basically wayfinding. It's like, how would you, to your point. You come in and you look around and you go, okay, how do I orientate myself around where the right place to go is? And that is you know, that. So we've started to make sure that we're just consistent and it sounds yeah. maybe a little bit lowest common denominator and not really aspirational and inspiring. But when you start there, you can make that progress. You can find what works. You can share the learning. So you're using the same taxonomy across everything and you can go, okay, let, 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 let's let iterate on it. And in that
1: example, like when we're talking about progress over perfection, did that have a KPI associated with it? Or was that just a case of, no, we're making progress for reasons X, Y, and Z, and we don't need to associate a global metric to it? Mm. Or was there a proxy metric associated, if you can remember that far? Yeah, I, there
0: was a, this was more of a, a consistency of brand, which I think is a really interesting dynamic and maybe some people might say dilemma um that we just wanted to be a little bit more incisive Mm. you know we'd, we'd gone from being a very uh singular focused road racing and uh cycling brand to this you know much more expansive range and for us it was about giving clarity of articulating the brand as much as it was helping people find the right product so there was a degree of We're gonna do this and let's just check it doesn't hamper product views, but it's a more qualitative, does it feel authentic? And are we therefore upholding what people reputationally would come to the brands to discover and expect from us? Mm -hmm. It's
1: fascinating. And do you know what? I I can't stop thinking about what I called you at the beginning of this chat. (laughs) I feel like I wanna profusely apologize for calling you cynical. Uh, I think what I meant by that term is that you feel as though someone who cares so much about clearly clearly uh, cycling, but also how we should be treating the customer. And it feels as though not just th- that within e-commerce, we're not doing a good enough job with that thing. Why do you think that is the case? What is preventing e-retailers, which is a lovely term, by the way, from caring more for customer because everybody talks about it.
0: I think it's a, it's a, we, I think it's a almost a pace of I don't know. It's going with the flow, perhaps a little too much. It's about thinking. It's about stepping. It requires you to almost. I said this to my my team multiple times. You.
1: Know,
0: The transition to being truly customer centric is one that requires you to almost turn yourself inside out. You have to let go of all those things that we spoke about at the beginning, all those things that like, as a customer, I I know what I I want. I I know, Mm. I know what, what is right. And it requires you to almost lose that ego and turn yourself inside out. Mm. And it's, it's hard because Mm. when you're passion driven, it it can be, you're like, yeah, but, but, but no, no, but well. When we find the right audience, or we know the right audience, as you know, as you sharpen that continual progress piece, there's that, you know what, I, I can still have the experience of pro team, and we know that that's all about performance, so great, I've got that beating heart in my chest that's going great, but in in the areas of ambiguity, you're like, well, we know that we've, turned, we've, we've done that hard, you know, we've done the hard miles to figure mm. out This is how we need to think differently about it. And sometimes I think it's uh, just a, it's a long-term decision and that's sometimes hard, particularly when there's a squeeze or the the volatility of the last four years has shown that you have to be able to respond to so many things so quickly that sometimes you just get knocked off kilter a little bit and suddenly it becomes a a snowball thing that kind of, it requires a deliberate choice to, to say, actually, we're going to, how do we think about this slightly differently
1: yeah i I'd like what, you know you used a word at the beginning of of that, which was ego, mm. and I think that, that snowballed into into these other concepts i do I have wondered I actually wrote it down in my book, Nick, and I took it out for fear <laughs> for fear of <clears throat> I don't know getting lambasted by somebody uh, I feel like ego is a big driver in. Preventing and risk And the need to do well And narcissism uh, yeah. thats that is, is a big factor Within a commercial Environment such as e-commerce mm. I feel like it could prevent People from thinking differently I feel like it could prevent more care for the customer Because at the end of the day numbers need to be hit And the two are not often synonymous With one another, mm. the two can be conflicting Caring does not mean Making more money and vice
0: versa I think perhaps not just ego. But I think it requires you to be vulnerable, and I think that's a more important term. I agree. Like if you think about this, the, the, the amazing uh, TED talk: you, it takes two people to start a movement. The the, the, the lone outsider and the thirst follower. But you've got to be vulnerable to be that first or second person, mm. and in order to effect change, that requires you to be willing to put your head above the parapet or to. A cycling metaphor, and it. go in the brake and you know and push yourself really hard while and hope that you know and you know risk a puncture risk you know uh mechanical like these things oh we're, we're way lost beyond uh, <laughs> a single two hands now um and that yeah it, it requires that yeah that vulnerability and being being open to that i guess
1: well at 4 30 p.m on a friday night you have uh, opened my eyes and I'm going to go for a long drink. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to say, like to end this, your statement of intent?
0: Ooh. Not really, no. I think, we, I think we've covered quite a lot of it. I think there was, you know, this, I mean, we could talk for forever, but I think that's probably the, the way to close it because I think it's about it's about starting. It's about learning. It's like continual learning piece. We have an internal behavior, which we is uh, find your own road, we call it. And I think that's the that would be my parting piece. That that's the mindset that we all kind of need to embrace to keep moving and not being afraid to make to be vulnerable and and uh, you know think about the the e retail uh, or the or if we were talking person to person, how would we think about it?
1: I love that, Nick. Thank you very much for your wisdom. I appreciate it.
0: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: There we have it. Thank you so much for listening. Please do like, subscribe, and share on whatever platform it is that you're listening to on today. This show comes from the team behind Made With Intent, the customer intent platform for retailers. If you are, of course, interested in being more profitable whilst being more personal, then please feel free to check us out at madewithintent.ai. Thanks again for listening and joining us on our mission to change how e-commerce sees, measures, and treats their customers. I've been your host, David Mannheim. Have a great day.